Hello there, it's James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Johnny Test, Fred Flintstone, and one of my personal favorites, Leonardo, and you are listening to Epic Tales from the Sewer. It's totally awesome, turtle power, go, go, go. TMNT Adventures, Issue 19, The Man Who Sold the World. Script by Dean Clarane. Pencils by Garrett Ho. With inks by Dan Berger. We open up on what looks like a sunset in the cityscape. You can see the Empire State Building. The sun slips behind the horizon of upthrust verticals. Glass, steel, concrete. Mountains of achievement amidst a landscape of hopes and schemes. New York, New York. City of dreams. Or so it seems. It all seems so toy-like from up here. Kind of makes me wish I'd mutated in some sort of bird instead of a lizard. Must be pretty cool flying above it all, says Mondo, as he kind of sticks to the building as Mikey holds his tail. Could be worse, dude. You could have mutated with a paramecium or a llama. What are you looking at, Don? Says Leo. Dontel looks off. That building we were at last night. The one that had those meteors or whatever. They were streaking past it. Really stumped as to what they might have been. We see a big building with kind of like a lightning bolt on it. Probably just some flying saucers. They're everywhere these days, says Mondo. Sure, but I'd think they'd be a bit more secretive. Those things, you know, they're just so blatant. Give me a break, guys. Flying saucers in the middle of New York City? No way, says Mike. No, I suppose it's easier to accept a giant cow head traveled across time and space and dimensional barriers, says Donatello. Good point. Mondo then takes his skateboard and jumps up onto the ledge. Hey, everyone, says April. April, Master Splinter, as they come on to the rooftop. Where's Raphael, says Leo. Sewing. Sulking, says Splinter, and then April. Sulking. Sewing? They're both kind of confused. Ahem, <clears throat> he'll be along shortly, says Splinter. Guys, Splinter has begun teaching me how to use the katana blade, says April. Looks a little chilly because she's got some mittens on and a hooded cloak, and uh, Splinter himself has a scarf and a trench coat on. That's really great, April. Soon we'll be able to spar, says Leonardo. Radical, says Mondo. April has taught me a few things as well. That's true. Splinter has been helping me with my research. We've uncovered some interesting information about a man who owns a building over there. And very little of it is good, looking back at the building. With the right reference guides, we were able to pinpoint exactly why recognizing that lightning bolt symbol last night. It's used a logo for a corporate group owned by one man named Null, whose old corporate logo was simply the lowercase letter N. An N just like the one that you saw on that helicopter in Brazil. And just like the one in that undersea base that was dumping the nuclear waste. Wow, says Leo, as Donnie and Mikey look on at him just with scorned looks because they're upset. Wow is right, and who's to know what other sort of bad news Null's responsible for? Now that really makes me wonder about those meteor things, says Donnie. No kidding. As a plane flies over, we can see the penthouse there. Looks like the kid is smoking in his office. Lawyers! We don't need no stinking lawyers. This is strictly a business decision. I need a contract, says a cigared hand as it looks on to Skull and Bean, and the kid is indeed looking out the window. 
We disagree. We have exploited and laid waste to untold worlds and never once had a contract or dealt with lawyers. We do not like stinking lawyers, says Skull and then Bean. Their minds are cunning and their hearts are cold. I insist, says Null. No, the word of our queen is enough, says Skull. Maligna is all, yes, brother. Long have we waited for this planet, and long has it been since we left our world hive on Dimension X. Since we followed the cowlick from planet Hyrule across the vastness of trans-dimensional space to your planet Earth. We see their meteor is indeed following Cuddly the Cowlick. With our ship disguised as a meteor, we waited in orbit, watching and learning. We are smart. We slipped through your planet's southern ozone hole. We do not like stinky ozone. And then we found you, Null. And now we strike a deal, says Null. You, that is Maligma, give me the means to take my business off-planet and into other worlds in perpetuity, and I will in turn give you the Earth. The kid looks on. In addition, I will provide you with all the aid I can to make your taking of the Earth as smooth as possible, and I'll honor your request. My lawyers will not scream at having them draw up a contract, but it's because the business is lost to them. So let's shake on it. And he does indeed shake with Skull. You are wise. Before we get started on a list of your objectives, why don't you bring me up to date on what you've already done? We are here, and our queen approaches, they say. Pan back to Man Ray, who is now swimming with some dolphins. There are fallen stars, Man Ray, mentally connecting to the dolphin. Where, friend? I just don't see them. What? Meteorites? Under the water, you can see that there's about eight to twelve meteorites that have landed. Meteorites, but they're so large and uniform, and the way that they're arranged seems almost purposeful. I'd better take a closer look. All of a sudden, one of them comes up to attack him and hits him right in the gut with a oof! Hey! Knocking him upside to the uh, surface. Now this thing is going a bit too far. Look, man, a shooting star. On the beach, we can see in front of the fire, Jaguar and Dreadman sit on eating their dinner. See, but amigo, this must be heading. Uh-oh, directly at us, caramba! Move it, man! Whoosh! Santa sangre! As they dive out of the way, we can see Man Ray falls down upon them. Uh, hey, man, do you speak English? Uh, you guys have anything for lower back pain? Says Man Ray. No, sorry, amigo. My name is Jaguar, and this is Redman. You look like a manta, man. The name's Man Ray. I usually look a bit more dapper than this, they say on their first meeting. Mmm, you smell like fish, says Jaguar. That's right. I bet you'd be happy to have the entire beach back as one big litter box, he says to Jaguar. Hey, Man Ray, that flying rock of yours beginning to crack open with a crack as they look back. Meanwhile, back in New York. I don't know. This is going to be one tough nut to crack, says Leo. I agree, but the place is riddled with security cameras. And besides, breaking in is breaking the law, says April. Sometimes a lesser offense is necessary to prevent a greater one, April. However, I do think we should seek a different path. Mondo and Michelangelo tune into the conversation. Have you considered selling off several well-placed explosives? Uh, maybe we ought to force him to listen to your band, Mondo. Hardy har har, dude. I know. Maybe I can convince my producer to do an expose on Noel's activities. Maybe you ought to put all your weapons down and reach for the sky, says the kid as he points two six-shooters at him. 
Who the? You, says Leonardo. You're the one who shot and killed Bulba the Glublub. And you work for Null. I said put your weapons down. That's it. Good. I don't want any grief or guilt trips. I just want you to listen to what I have to say. Yeah, I work for Mr. Null, and yeah, I killed that little fish guy. I ain't proud of it, but I ain't here to get you to fall in love with me. I'm here to warn you. Y'all seem to have a knack for messing with Mr. Null's operations. Well, he's cooking up this gig that's likely to fry all our butts. Everybody's. Yours and mine. Go for it, dude. Knock out the windbag cowboy, says Mondo. Don't even think about it, pal. Just put that nunchuck down where I can see it. Now. <laughs> Mikey smiles and puts it down, realizing that he hadn't seen him until now. <laughs> oh, well. That's better. No, it's not. This is. Raphael jumps and does a flip and then waylays him on the back of the head with his side, knocking him unconscious. Raphael, far out. I'm impressed, dude. You made that seem so easy. You know me. I hate hard work. The less effort, the faster and more powerful you will be, Bruce Lee. That's cool. Still, I would have loved to have gone a few rounds with him for what he did to Bulba. It would have been nice to have heard him out completely. Now, what are we going to do with him? We could film a western. Seriously, Mondo? Perhaps we should bind him and question him further. Perhaps not, rodent. Perhaps that we should stuff and roast the rodent, eh, brother? Yes, we do not like stinky rodents. Unless they are cooked first. What on earth are these things? Doesn't matter. Grab your weapons and hit them hard, says Leo. Tsh! He attacks him on his hard outer shell. Leo's sword does nothing. Hmm, not a scratch. What are you made of? We are hard and strong, while you are soft and weak. You are one ugly dude. Yeah, and your round shoulders and your back could use a good scraping, says Mondo. I'm not a drum, as Mikey and Donnie hit on them with their nunchucks and bow. Laugh while you can. Your days are numbered, as they pick up Mikey and just throw him. I am Bean, picks up Michelangelo and throws him over the edge. Uh-oh, oh boy! Mikey, grab my bow! As Donnie reacts just in time to get him to grab onto his bow. Ooh, thanks, Don! No problem, bro. Time for a different approach. Time to hit him all at once. Sounds like a plan. Squaring off around them, we've got Mondo with a skateboard, Splinter, April O'Neil, Raph, and Leo. Far out, it's working! Don't let him get up, says Leo. What manner are creature of you, and why do you seek us harm? I seem to harm because that is the way of our hive. That is the way of our queen. Man, this thing doesn't have a soft underbelly or a soft anything. So what? Just keep pounding it. Yeah, well, your queen sounds like a real loser. The queen is all! As he grabs Michelangelo's nunchucks and flips him over onto the back of his shell with a throw. My brother, I think it's time. Me and my big mouth. For a drop and load, then I shall. As he gets hits on the head, not seeming to affect him. My brother. As he shoots out what looks like a big sort of gas bomb that comes out of the hole in his head, kind of like a blowhole. Heads up, everyone. What is it? It looks like... <sighs> Could be spores or dust or something like that, but it makes a big plume of yellow smoke. Nice shooting, my brother. Thank you, my brother. And thank you, my friends. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Null. They both say as we see Null looks like a businessman with grinning teeth, and he has devil horns smoking his cigarette. And that's the end of issue 19 of TMNT Adventures.
Hi, this is Adam, a.k.a. Casey Jones from Casey Jones Livewire, and you're listening to Epic Tales from the Sewers. Time for a knuckle sandwich, punk. The Mighty Mutanimals, issue number one of the three-part miniseries. Script by Dean Clarain. Pencils by Ken Mitroni and Garrett Ho. Inks by Ryan Brown. The Wild Angels. We start off with one of the most iconic covers ever of the Mighty Mutanimals, who consists of Wingnut, Screwloose, Man Ray, Dreadman, Jaguar, Mondo Gecko, and Leatherhead, being looked on by Maligna, the evil alien queen, some of her uh, children, and it looks like Skull and Bean. We start out in the beginning, and it's a picture of the iconic Eastman and Laird Raphael in the Turnstone as we see Cherube's hands holding onto it, her purple skin and then uh, sort of Wonder Woman bracelets. In the beginning, there were four. And once upon a time, deep within Dimension X, upon the planet of Hyrule, they fought a battle. We see a picture, it looks like a, a woman is kind of presenting this stump and sling. As president of majority stockholder of Stump Transdimensional Corporation, I bring you the final conflict! While unknown to most, a deal was struck. I shall give you a ripe young world, a living world. I will lead you to Earth, says Krang. We have a deal, flesh brain, says Maligna to Krang. And although Krang lost the battle and was banished to the toxic waste dump world, Mobius, Maligna still hungered for Earth, so she sent her emissaries, Skull and Bean, to scout out the situation. We see the uh, previous issue where throws Michelangelo off the building. Your days are numbered. Then they fought and departed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Splinter, April, and Mondo Gecko, who are now held captive by Null, the man who sold the world. We see the last page of the uh, last issue with Null smiling with his cigar in hand and his devil horns. Thus gather the forces of evil, and so too the good. says Jaguar. Hey, Monre. That flying rock of yours, it's beginning to crack open. Crack! Caramba! You be right about that, man. Gross! You could say that again. Caramba, what are they? They're like giant caterpillars. But the egg is their meteor that's fallen from outer space. How can that be? And who? Who could have laid such an egg? My children... Bring forth the prisoners, says Maligna. Bring forth Stump and Sling. M -m Maligna, listen, babe, couldn't we just do lunch? We could meet in some quiet, out-of-the-way restaurant, conduct a little business, and have our lawyers... Lawyers? Think not, Weed. I am the law here. I have judged you guilty of interfering with my battle upon the planet Hyrule. Your interference has cost me easy access to the planet Earth. Access that was taken me long months to regain. Now you must pay. Click. Be thankful I am strictly carnivorous. You, you, you mean you're not going to eat us? No wood is only good for one thing, burning. We sentence you to be fuel. Take them to the furnace. As two of her children take Stump and Sling away. Can't we mount an appeal? Wait. What is that commotion? We can hear something in the background. All of a sudden, bursting into the room is Leatherhead. Leatherhead! Oot. Not a moment to spare, eh, boss? 
You shall pay for this, you fleshy one. You shall pay. Oh, yeah? And what's it gonna cost? As he punches someone right in the face. Your life. Give me a break, lady. Never mind that witch. Let's get out of here while we can, says Stump. Coming through. As holding on to Leatherhead's tail, Stump and Sling just blast through like a a bunch of, of the uh, children just like bowling pins. All of a sudden, he finds himself he finds himself just completely uh, surrounded. And then just a dog pile. Come on, Sling, we better find another way. Out of here! And all of a sudden, with a whoosh, we can see the arms of Wingnut reach down and then pick them both up. Teehee! Wingnut and Screwloose, am I ever glad to see you? You should be, Woodchip. Now what do you want to do about saving Leatherhead? I'm on my way, little Skeeter, he says. Sheesh, do you have to call me that in public? Any day now, Cuddly. Brace yourselves. And with a <laughs> slurps them all up into his mouth. It could be a bumpy ride up ahead. Back to the turtles, Mondo, Gecko, and April, who are unconscious. In the clutches of Null, Skull, and Bean. Man, did anyone get the number of that truck that hit us? We have defeated the unmutant animals and the human with ease. So it would seem, my friends, so I see. Ha! They were less of a threat than I thought. They are not smart. Their bodies are soft. So, kid, what happened? How'd you mess up this time? Um, well, I thought you could take them all down on my own, sir. So I had that one to jump me from behind. Oh, is that right, cowpoke? And I bet you'd do it again, you baldy, as soon as I get free, says Raph. Raph's comments are greeted by Noel's size 12 shoe right to his face. I kind of doubt that you'll be free, turtle boy. Hey, says Leo. Oof. Come, Noel, let us complete our transaction of purchasing the earth from you, so that we may proceed on our invasion plans. We are strong. Our hunger is great, says Skull and Bean. You won't get away with this, Noel, says Raph. No one has the right to sell the world, not to a bunch of invading aliens, not even you. Yeah! You're a sick pup, dude. The sickest. Now, tell me, how does it feel knowing you've become an endangered species? Gloat all you want. This bogus turn of events won't last forever. Click. They shut off the light. I hope, says Mikey. Raph, just absolutely seething at this point, tries to break his bonds. Thinks he can go and kick me in the face, does he? Oh, wait till I get my hands on that creep. We need a plan. We need help. I have an idea. But first, I need everyone to stop struggling. You all need to relax to create a nexus of tranquility. A base from which I may send a message out across the sea of subconsciousness. A message to those who listen. Those both near and far. We can see it looks like thousands of little eyes behind him as he tries to communicate mentally. Master Splinter looking for some help. Back on Stump Asteroid and Stump Arena. Uh, you say her warrior children are on their way to Earth? That's what she said. Hmm. Imagine what broadcasting invasion would do to our ratings, says Sling. Uh, your one-track mind is beginning to get on my nerves, Mr. Stump. Money talks. Um, I think it's time I return to Earth, says Leatherhead. Same here. We won't see another planet destroyed, even if it is full of plankton chips. Then I'd like to load up Dunrock's boss. Noble thoughts, gentlemen, but you haven't the means to reach her. Ahem. I'll give you a ride, says Cuddly with a... <laughs> now hold on one minute, Cuddly. No! We're not in the business to provide free transdimensional taxi service. 
inside of Cuddly's mouth. I can't believe Malignant's gonna invade Earth. Believe it, she's bad news, ain't she, boss? True, faithful Screwloose, Malignant's bad to the bone. It is in her case she's bad to the exoskeleton. Tee-hee! Cuddly going by a spaceship starts to get shot at a little bit. And all of a sudden he gets hit. And with a we see his face go surprised as he's hurt with the um, with the laser blast and he just goes down. Uh-oh, what's that? Beats me! Hey, Cuddly! Cuddly Cowlick! Hey, he doesn't hear us! Oh no, gee, boss, you think you get a sinking feeling? Like something's a bad to go on? Cuddly crashes to the earth. All of a sudden, back on the, the beach, we see Dreadman, Man Ray, and Jaguar. What do you make of them, Mom? Hard to say, Dreadman. They're indeed extraterrestrial caterpillars, but what are they doing here on Earth? Also, they appear completely acclimated to the Earth's environment, which is odd, considering they're alien. Hmm, they're headed inland. Hey, what's that one eating? Can't get a good look. Maybe it's eating yolk from within its egg case. No, I think he's munching on one of his brothers. How vile, but not unnatural. Postnatal cannibalism is found in sharks. Caramba, look, amigos, look! Munch, 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 munch. You can see a line of these alien larvae are just eating everything in the way to the jungle, whether it's trees or vegetation or bugs, anything. Stop! Men already destroyed 100 acres of rainforest every minute. The world doesn't need insectos dolos cosmicos, making it any worse. Eh? As they turn around and look at Jaguar, now fixated on him with their mouths salivating. This not be good. I did not mean for them to start eating us. Then it looks like we'll have to prevent them from doing so, says Man Ray. But there are so many of them. They sure are an awful lot. Come on, Mondo, they aren't that bad. You can see a whole bunch of rats come into the area. There sure are an awful lot. Come on now, Mondo, they aren't that bad. I don't know, Master Splinter, there's an awful lot of them. As all the rats come into the room and start eating at the bonds of the turtles and Splinter. Now, little ones, while we are left unattended. Cool. Our weapons are right over here, says Leo. Excellent! Far out! Who'd have thunk that we'd be saved by a bunch of rodents? Uh, sorry, master. And now to kick some serious shell. We think not, soft one. <laughs> With a brash into the room, you've got Skull and Bean just coming in. We think it is us who shall kick some serious shell. Shells of your souls as they scream forth from your bodies. Oh boy. Real intelligent kid leaving their weapons within easy reach. I'm beginning to wonder whose side you're on. But who told would have thought that they'd get gotten free? Sounds real nasty, ugly one. But I don't think it's you or your witless twin could inflict ha serious harm on a petunia. Let alone a teenage mutant ninja turtle. With a kick, he knocks off one of his mandibles from his shell. With a crack. And an oak. Bonsai, says Leo as he grabs him around the neck. Care to dance, says Donnie as he trips him with his bow. Not too coordinated, are we, big fella? As Leo and Donnie start pounding on him on the ground while Raph has the other one with Splinter. Good, my students, very good. Now keep these strange beasts occupied while the rest of us stop the human cohorts. Well now, little Miss April O'Neil, wielding a weapon. And I thought that all reporters believed the pen mightier than the sword, not vice versa. Now put that sword down like a nice girl. Stay back. I mean it or else I swear I'll cut you. Don't swear, April. <laughs> As Gecko does a, uh, a skateboard trick and hitting um, Null right in the face, knocking out his cigar. And he gets bapped backwards with a backhand from Null, 
who seems to be a lot stronger than he looks. Why, you little twerp! Man, he's got it, really got it in for us, doesn't he? Hey, as he hits Raph in the stomach, being knocked back. My brother, I think it's time for you to drop another meteor. Oh, jeez, not again. Everyone hold their breaths this time. As we see Bean launch another one out. And with a crack, there's yellow smoke everywhere. Sure, Leo, but what about seeing through the smoke? Look. Oh, man, they're getting away. You can see all of them get into a spaceship as they take out from the top of the building. Ha 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 ha. Hey, where's Raphael? And Mondo Gecko. My sons, I believe they have stolen aboard the alien ship. What? Those hotheads? Who knows what they'll get themselves up against? Indeed. Back at the island. Looks like they be mighty hungry, man. I agree. Let's head into the ocean. Maybe they can't swim. Gatos don't like being in the water, amigo. Then follow me out across the clearing, says Dreadman as he takes off at super speed. They're no longer coming after us. Jaguar, tell Dreadman he can hold up some so we can save up some kind of strategy. See, si. it's Dreadman. I hear you, man. Wait for the top of this hill. Jabby with us. As we can see, holy cow! There's four cows that look on, as we can see. Cuddly the Cowlick is just derelict on the ground after being blasted with lasers. And that's the end of Mighty Meat Animals, issue number one. TMNT Adventures, issue number 20. Script by Dean Clarain, with pencils by Bill Ray, inks by Hilary Barta, John Beatty, and Mark Pacella. It's called Sun and Steel. Continued from the pages of Mighty Meat Animals number one, a recap. We see Skull, Bean, and Null. We have defeated the mutant animals and the human with ease. So I see, my friends, so I see. Ha! They were less of a threat than I thought. They are not smart. Their bodies are soft. You won't get away with this, Null. No one has the right to sell the world. Not a bunch of invading aliens, even you. <laughs> Yeah, gloat while you can, but this bogus turn of events won't last forever. And it didn't. Not once Splinter sent out a psychic SOS. Now, little ones, while we are left unattended. As the rats chew through their bonds and free them. And now we kick some serious shell, says Rat. And they did. We see Donatello and Michelangelo beating on Bean. My brother, I think it's time... Oof! To drop another load! Everyone, hold your breath this time. Brack. Ooh, sure. What about seeing through the smoke? Says Donatello. Look. Oh, man, they're getting away. We can see that they're getting into a spaceship as they crash through the top of Knoll's building. <laughs> and they go away. Spaceship kind of looks like Kirby a little bit. Hey, where's Raphael? And where's Mondo Gecko? My sons... I believe they have stolen aboard the alien ship. What? Those hotheads? We see Raph and Mondo kind of uh, just peeking through as they're hiding from Bean, Skull, and Null. Who knows what they'll find themselves up against? Indeed. Oh, what's that sound? Thup, 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 thup. Cops! April, my sons, we must not be captured. Everyone, inside, quickly, says Leo. Some helicopters come, and they see them on the roof. Freeze! And that comes back to Sun and Steel. Move it! One of the choppers is landing! As they dive through the hole in the, the roof that the spaceship made. Head for the elevators! 
This thing's taken forever. Patience, Michelangelo. There's no basement. We'll have to get out on the street level, says Leo. Coast is clear. Let's stick to the shadows and look for a way out of the sewer hole cover that we can enter. Yes, but first let's do our best, as they go through the dumpster, to blend in with our surroundings. We could see that there's uh, some clever disguises that they're using. Splinter just has his coat on, and he has his rat face out, but Michelangelo looks very much like a hip-hop version of a b-boy, and um, Leonardo's just kind of like a... Uh, it's a cultural reference to New York kind of facetic uh, gentleman with uh, curls coming out of a hat and a black suit. And Donatello looks like a grandma with some old-fashioned uh, uh, Jackie Onassis sunglasses as they walk through uh, Chinatown. Master, what are we going to do about Raphael? There is little that we can do, Donatello. We must remain steadfast in the knowledge that Raphael is resourceful as he is independent. We shall have faith that he will return. Eee! Oh, a siren. Could be more police, says April. Whew, it's just a fire truck. Lucky for us, says Mike. Let us hope that it's lucky for someone else as well. April, my sons, it is best that we try to take our minds off of Raphael. Perhaps we can do a little shopping. I know of an interesting curio shop around this corner. Wow, sure. Oh my goodness, they all look unsurprised. What a drag. Building's on fire. My curios, my precious curios. I could see a man running out with a fishbowl of his place that's on fire. I have spent a lifetime collecting you. I must save you all. He's running kind of a white-haired man with a ponytail who's trying to save everything from his shop. The policeman pulls him out. Let it go, old man. They're not worth your life. As he grabs him by the yoke and pulls him backwards, keeping him from going into the building. Wah! Something up in one of the windows. Some noise coming out of where there's some fire. My little girl, says one of the women. As they all look on, they can hear her. Gotta do something, says Michelangelo. Let's see if there's a rear entrance to the building, says Master Splinter. Sounds like a plan, says Donnie. Hurry! One of the firefighters looks up. He's got an axe. He's kind of uh, concerned. You can see on his face. He hears it. Choosey, come back! As he runs into the building. You'll never make it back out! Just bounding, leaping up two stairs at a time, gets into the room, cuts down the door, and he can see the girl in, in the bed. He picks her up, and he goes, Praise Buddha. All of a sudden, <laughs> The beam comes down. No! Ah! It knocks him down. The old man with the ponytail who's holding a, um, looks like a little golden dragon sort of bottle in his hand just goes, No! This cannot be! This must not be! And he throws it into the window. And it breaks right in front of them. We can see that the firefighter has saved the child, but he himself is covered with the burning embers of the, the rafter that has fallen on him. And he goes, Ugh! Some green smoke around it. And all of a sudden, a poof. Hey, what's happening to me? And he starts changing. And he starts changing into a dragon. I, I live. It's a giant golden dragon with a uh, top knot ponytail. And he has uh, what looks like a sumo skirt on. Your child. As he hands it to the woman just off of his fingernail. Mama, Miko. I live, he says, but I don't, uh, 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 and he crashes down. 
Awesome, says Mikey. How remarkable. And he turns back into uh, the firefighter who's just naked on the ground. And he comes out in front of Master Splinter and the turtles. What should we do, Master? First we shall see to his comfort. And then, uh, dudes, we have company. It's the old man. He speaks in um, a foreign language, uh, possibly Japanese, to uh, Master Splinter. However, I do speak English. Forgive me, my friend, but you said you will help. Can you bring us medicinal herbs and acupuncture needles? At once, he says. And he goes and walks away and hides behind a, um, a corner as they leave. Now let us find a safe spot where we can help this brave spirit. Meanwhile, there's uh, still fighting the fires. It looks like it's caught on to two different, to two different uh, buildings. Whether or not the dragon itself actually existed, what is known, though, is that the fireman Chu Si is missing and presumed dead. While a fire may have claimed his life, ranges out of control, says a TV news anchor. Yet for all its tenacious ferocity, the fire has left this building untouched. Firefighters are baffled as to why this is so, but agree that the structure lends new meaning to the term fireproof. This is Malcolm Davis reporting live. We can see some eyes, some yellow glowing eyes that look just like one of those remote uh, foot robots that has the cables coming out of its head that um, they fought in the scumbug issue. All of a sudden, that building that didn't catch fire creaks open, and out comes the giant foot soldier. He's purple with a purple sort of bib, and he's got shredder armor on him as well. He says death. You know, comes out as skull and crossbones. That... That's it, Chu. Just lie still. You are quite adept in the art of healing. Yes, such skills have been handed down from generation to generation of my family, just like the curio shop. Ah, so too the dragon spirit. Yes. What on earth? This doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't. Let's go check it out. Weapons at the ready. Death. Dudes, check it out. Check out the size of that foot soldier. As he leans down and picks up the fire engine. Man, where'd the Shredder get the hardware to build one that size? And what's it doing now? Doesn't matter. Let's worry about stopping it, says Leo. They're all still in their disguises. Now they're trying to fight it and just are attacking its foot, which is doing zero, absolutely nothing. Uh-oh, says Mikey as it goes down and pounds and smashes on the pavement, knocking them all over. Something tells me we need a plan, dudes. No kidding, Einstein, says Leo. I have an idea. Since we can't do much from down here, I say we go for a bit of altitude, says Donnie, as he uses his his bow staff as a uh, sort of a, a pole vault to try to get up a little bit higher. Climbs onto the belt of the midsection of the of the giant robot. And see what kind of damage we can do from up here. I like it. But Don, um, what what do we do now? You guys act as a diversion while I go for its head. Now he tells us, Yikes! All right, I'm almost there. I never cared much for backstabbing, says Leo. Yeah, but hey, it's do or die, bro. True. Well, we've made it. What do we do, Don? Um, hmm. As they look on, they see he's wrecking buildings. Splinter looks on. Thank thank you, miss, says Chu. April O'Neil. Hold still, Hugh Chu C. So, you say the spirit of the dragon warrior can be called forth at will? Yes, but only by Chu Si's will. Chu and the dragon are now one. Chu, would you bring forth the dragon? I... I don't know. I feel so strange. 
to lose control to another. You see, even as we speak, a giant robot wreaks havoc within the city, while the fire that nearly stole your life continues to burn across Chinatown. You see, you must call forth the dragon, says Master Splinter, and he does just that. He appears, giant yellow dragon, behind the foot soldier and taps him. Excuse me, but those are my people you're stepping on. Whack! And I don't like it. And he uppercuts him and knocks him down. Hold on, brothers, as the turtles who were on top fall down. Way to go, big guy. Yeah, watch out for us next time you throw a punch like that, though. Ugh, and see if you can move this battle away from the city. Death, says the foot soldier again. Easier said, oof, than done, as he gets punched back into the, the harbor and falls in back first with a splash. I take that back. Spit some water out. The golden dragon now. Heads up, dragon dude! The giant foot soldier comes barreling head first at him, but he's able to block him and uh, put his hand on his head. The turtles are still trying to do something on the foot soldier's head. There has to be something that we can do. Oof, he gets kicked by the dragon and goes back reeling. Like what? I mean, we haven't done much more than just to annoy it. Then let's annoy it even more so, says Leo. Let's get in its face. And they do that. They climb just up on its face, and it can seem absolutely frustrated. And it looks like it's calling for their deaths, like all of them. Peekaboo! I'd say we have its attention now. Now, dragon, hit him now! And he does, with a haymaker, hits him on the side of the head. Jump, dudes! The dragon lead, puts its hand out so the, all the turtles can jump into their hand. Leap to my arm, little ones, that I may end this battle. And with sort of a hammer fist, with them just clasped, he just hits him and knocks him for a loop, and he goes flying once and for all, only to be impaled upon the Statue of Liberty. Gee, I think he got your point. Huh, huh, yes. I wish Raph was here to see this. Me too, but I hope he's okay wherever he is. I sure hope that Mondo Gecko can help and stop this knoll and that invasion. Raphael's tough enough. I'm sure he's fine, but I don't know about that invasion, though. Now let's get back to the city and see what's cooking, says Leo, in Chinatown. So the fire rages no more? All that remains is the fire within my soul, the fire that is the warrior dragon. April, my friends, thank you for all that you have done for me, for Chinatown. Farewell, as they leave. We can see that Chu is in a robe with the man, and April and the turtles are leaving. Bye! Bye, says April. Later, Chu, says Mikey. Hey, I wonder if there's a pizzeria around here, says Mike. Next up, Blades of Steel. The end for now. And that's the end of issue 20. Hi, this is Francois Chow. I am the Shredder from Secret of the Ooze. And uh, it's been a pleasure for me to talk to Justin and Eric on Epic Tales from the Sewers. It's been great, guys. It's pizza time. And now, in a segment that we call Pizza Time, where we discuss any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or pizza-related food, I give you Pizza Time. And now, our Pizza Time of the day, the April O'Neil makes one 12-inch pizza. The bright orange color of this pizza is a shade that nearly resembles April's hair. With sweet potatoes and spicy mustard, this pie is unique and fierce, just like April. Ingredients, cornmeal or flour for dusting, 
Extra virgin olive oil for greasing. One large parsnip, peeled or cut into one inch pieces. One medium sweet potato, peeled and cut into one inch pieces. One tablespoon plus one teaspoon whole or low fat milk. One and one half teaspoons Dijon mustard. One teaspoon of honey. One quarter teaspoon of salt. Freshly ground blank pepper. One teaspoon finely chopped fresh sage, plus more for garnish. One pound ball pizza dough, homemade or store bought. Three quarters cup of extra sharp cheddar cheese. Lighten it up dudes, you can use whole wheat pizza and low fat coconut milk instead of milk if you like. Instructions. If you're using a baking stone or a steel pizza peel, place your baking stone in the middle rack of the oven and preheat to 500 degrees Fahrenheit for at least 30 minutes. Then turn the oven to broil. Dust the pizza peel or the inverted baking sheet with cornmeal or flour. On a baking sheet, preheat the oven to 500 degrees Fahrenheit with the rack in the middle position. Lightly coat a heavy-duty rimmed baking sheet with olive oil. Bring the large pot of water to a boil and drop the parsnip and sweet potato into the water. Step 2. Bring the water back to a boil and, cut and cook for 20 minutes, uncovered, until the vegetables are tender. When they're pierced with a fork, drain and transfer the vegetables to a bowl or food processor. Step 3. Puree until smooth, then add the milk, mustard, honey, salt, and a few grinds of pepper. Process until the mixture is uniform in color, acting more like milk. If it's add, add a little more milk if it seems too thick to spread on the pizza dough. Stir in the sage and season to taste with more salt and pepper if needed. Step 4. Stretch or roll the dough into a 12-inch disc and place it on the prepared pizza peel or baking sheet. Step 5. Spoon the puree onto the dough and spread it evenly, leaving a 1-1⁄2-inch border all around. Sprinkle the cheese over the top. Step 6. Shimmy the dough from the pizza peel to the hot baking stone or transfer the baking to the baking sheet to the oven. Step 7. Bake until the crust is golden and the cheese begins to brown in spots. About 6 to 10 minutes on the baking stone, 10 to 15 minutes on the baking sheet. Step 8. Remove the pizza from the oven, let it rest for 5 minutes, and then sprinkle with the remaining chopped sage. Slice and serve, dudes. That is your pizza time for today, the April O'Neil. Cowabunga, dudes! And a very special shout-out to our listener from Connecticut, Sarah Ferris. Thank you for everything you do to support our show. Thanks, Sarah, for being a wonderful listener. Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, Mirage Studios, IDW Studios, Archie Comics, or Nickelodeon Studios. This podcast is a member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Check out thedorkening.com for other podcasts. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper and Eric Will. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door!
so disgusting. It took me 10 years to make the perfect man cave. And then we took it over. And we made it into the multiversal chamber. Then I started my own podcast. And we took that over too. And we're the co-host, the Multiverse Kids. Yeah, and I'm the dad, the geeky dad. And every week, we what? We review the movies, shows, and books. Games and toys. Yeah, and sometimes we even have a special guest. So, join us every week on the Geeky Dad Podcast. Greetings and Shabibans, we are the Retro Redoctopus Cephala Podcast, a long-form bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. Well, that sounds good, but I don't know what all those words mean. I think what Parasite seems trying to say is that on Retro Redoctopus, we explore a range of retro goodness, from toys, video games, and movies, to cartoons, and even snacks and school lunches. Oh. And we do it all with a positive spin, a slew of killer guests, and some, ahem, very adult language. And you know what else is cool? No. This crazy show is part of the Dorking Podcast Network with new episodes every technical Tuesday. What's that? And if waiting two weeks for a new episode gives you a sad, know that we drop bonus episodes all the time, like the off-format Crow's Nest and an interview series we call The Brick. You can listen to Retro Redoctopus on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any app that's cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. Hello, intrepid listeners. This is the Generation Playlist Podcast, a podcast about music where we are your guides through a particular group or artist. We talk about the music, and then we make a customized playlist to share with you, our listeners. And you can check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and find our playlists on Spotify. 